Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Dude, we have, okay, the 23rd, let me look at the calendar because I got news for you, girl. All we're going to be doing is reading for the next while because we we have, we have eight more days until Halloween, but that means we have eight days to finish one book and a half. We better get to this and we're going to be waking up early. Ready? Okay. Okay. Have a seat. Let's come over here. When you go to your dad's house, oh my gosh, we lost like three days of reading. Each time. That's six. That's Oh my gosh, that's a week of reading almost. Oh my god, get over here. That make, that gives me anxiety. Okay, ready? This isn't what it looks like. Book series by? Book number? No, we have to do shout out. Book number? Okay. Book number four. Chapter number ten. The Mole, the Monocle, and the Mole. Number or page two nineteen. But before we start, Peyton would really like to do a shout out. So let's go to. I know, honestly, you guys, we're new at this. We just forget. You know what I mean? No, they don't know. They don't know. Okay, let's go back down. Let's go to some reviews. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. What was the last one? I think. Judy B. Jones. Okay, I think we read that one. I don't. Um, did you read the one where they counted in Spanish? <laughs> did you read that one? No. Okay. Wait. wait, hold on. Wait. It doesn't say the name, but it's a smiley face. I don't think we've read this one. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Mm. Yes. 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 Oh, we did? Okay. Okay. No, that's us. That's us saying hi to people. And, okay, do that one. Adorable. And it was August 20th, 2022. Uh-huh. And who, Haley what's the name? Hedge. Okay. Hi, Haley. And it says, so adorable. Some of my favorite childhood memories are of me and my mom reading together. Parenting done right. Aw, and do you know, we know who Haley is? Hmm. Haley is one of our girls from our educator team on Soko Lashes. Oh. I know. And do you want to, sh- we'll just, we have one more written review. Do you want to just read it? Yeah. Okay, what's the date? August, well, oh. October <laughs> 2nd. Oh. Mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. Himalina. It says Himalin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Himalin. Wait. Himalin. Himalin. Okay. Hi, my name is Himal. Oh. Hima. Hima? Yeah. Hi, Hima my... or Hima? We're not sure. Uh, we're... Yeah. Hi, my name is Hima. I love the new series. I have always loved to be scared when I'm ready. And this book checks all the boxes. I love your podcast. Keep uh, keep the good work up. What do you say? 
Thank you. And also, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. I'm sorry. I know. We're not, we're not name geniuses. We try our best, though. So, you guys, that's, those are all of our written reviews. So, if you guys want to re- leave a review, we will totally shout you out. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you to everybody that took the time oh. to do that. That was so nice. Huh? I see that we did this, but... Yeah, that was saying hi to everybody. Okay, ready? Okay, let's do it. I know. Okay, chapter 10, the mole, the monocle, and the mole. Page 219. Hear ye, hear ye, attention all lords and ladies, brave knights and beautiful maidens. The Renaissance Fair is just a month away. After your day of frolic revelry, come for a royal repast at your loyal or at your local medieval days family restaurant. It it was a glob, it was glob and Daniel, not Danielle, dressed not quite medieval and not quite Renaissance, not quite modern day heralds in green tights and jester hats. They wore plastic trumpets in their hands. Or they held plastic trumpets in their hands and wore a sandwich board over their shoulders, advertising Medieval Days Family Restaurant. It's not just for dinner, it's joust for dinner. That's a funny play on words. Kids walking by on their way to school snickered and jeered. Nice tights. Are you supposed to be lord, lords, or ladies? Laugh all you like, dudes. They're playing a hundred. They're getting. They're paying us a hundred bucks each to do this, plus free soda all day. Shouted Glob, holding up a can. What part of mucho dinero don't you understand? And what are you getting out of wearing your old smelly jeans? That's right, a big zero, nada. Oh, good. I'm glad the dorks can stick up for themselves. Will you stop shouting? You're just making it worse. Whispered Daniel, not Danielle, who was arranging his dreadlocks so not. A centimeter of his face showed to passerbys. You're not going to like it when when they see what I read on my blog, grumbled Glob. I'm going I'm going to live blog Renafair, and none of them will escape my wrath. They just don't care about your blog. They don't care about your blog, man. Do you know how many direct hits I had last week? Like a thousand, replied Glob. Hey, Max Ernest, you want in? I got another one. Glob pointed to the extra sandwich board leaning against the wall, a pair of green tights hanging over it. Max Ernest shook his head violently and kept walking. Dude, for a hundred bucks, I would do it, would you? A hundred dollars to wear a dorky outfit at school? It's fun. Just, you have to have fun with it. Well, you don't have to say yeah, but I'll do it. Fine, see if I ever offer you a job again. Max Ernest had returned to school with a sense of dread. Benjamin had been the only <sighs> had been the only hope for saving Cass, and now he knew that Benjamin was the worst enemy. According to Yo Yoji, Benjamin had been Dr. L's student at the new Promethean Academy, and now he was a spy, a mole, for the Midnight Sun in their very own school. Given the choice, of course, Max Ernest would have avoided ever seeing Benjamin again, or school for that matter. But even if he couldn't get inside Cass's head, her voice was always, always in his, telling him not to give up, to remember the Turkish society and the vows that they had made to protect the secret. Why, Max Ernest wondered frequently, does she have to be just as bossy in my imagination as she do- has to be in real life? 
At this very moment, he was having a silent conversation with Cass that went something like this. Cass, don't let Benjamin out of your sight. If the Midnight Sun went to the trouble of training him and planting him in our school, he won't give up so easily. Me. How am I supposed to, or Max Ernest, how am I supposed to tell Benjamin as soon as I get near him that he can read minds? Cass, just concentrate on different thoughts. Pretend that you don't know about him, that you're still friends. Max Ernest, but I don't even know how to be friends. I was never friends with anybody. Cass, oh, you weren't? Max Ernest, no, you don't count. Cass, thanks a lot. Max Ernest, you know what I mean. Cass, no, I don't. And I think Yo-Yo would be pretty insulted to hear that too. All I know is you better find out Benjamin's next move before he want, he finds out yours. Max Ernest, easy for you to say. You're just lying there doing nothing. Cass, doing nothing? You mean in a coma? You want to trade places? So that's what he would imagine that they were saying back and forth to each other. You should try to keep it down when you talk to yourself, Max Ernest. You don't want people to think you're crazy. Not the not that they already not that they already Max turn around spun around. Opal, the new student the new school secretary was standing in front of him, hands on her hips, laughing at him. Interesting. That's that she works for the school. Mm-hmm. Or at very least grinning at him all the way up to the big mole in her cheek. Max Ernest hadn't seen it since he, since she'd set him up making him walk to the principal's office without knocking what what was what was it that looked different about her today unless you're auditioning for the part of the jester you know i could probably get you on stage at the renaissance fair max ernest felt himself blush very funny what kind of person in the office is allowed to make funny kids Max Ernest felt himself blush. Very funny. How much how much had she heard? She hoped desperately he hoped desperately that he hadn't said anything out loud about the Turkish society or the secret. Oops. What's that I hear? The bell ringing. The second bell. The the one that means first period was starting. Opal looked at her watch in that exaggerated way people do sometimes. Tisk tisk tisk. Looks like you're going to be late. I hope you have a note from home. Um, not really. Well, you better come to the office after your next period, so we'll see what the principal has to say. What is this girl's problem? Uh, what the principal, that is, Her Majesty, has to say about this. Max Ernest stared. It was so unfair. Had the second, has the secretary not stopped talking to him? He may as well very made it to class on time. He was about to protest when his attention was averted, diverted by an unexpected sight. Benjamin Blake talking to Amber. Just the two of them, alone. They were standing between the administration building and the cafeteria. The place was very narrow, and usually only populated by ants and occasional rodents. Obviously, they had chosen for privacy. Only good luck had that Max Ernest glanced in their direction at the right time, and he was... He was determined to take full advantage. He had, he had to get rid of the secretary quickly. That was much clear. But what was he going to do? What was he going to do to spy on the schoolmates without being seen himself? I'll okay. I'll come by after class, he said, edging out sideline. Good. I'll see you then," said Opal, studying him. "You seem to have noticed." She seemed to have noticed a change in attitude. "Yeah, see ya." He started turning as if it were 
if it, as if he were going to head for class when she stopped him. Oh, Max Ernest, I'm sorry. Can you do me a favor? I just did my nails and they're taking forever to dry. Would you just reach into my bag and get a tissue out for me? She opened her large black patent leather purse for him. Her fingers spread wide so that so that her newly applied fingernail polish wouldn't smear on anything. Impatient Max Ernest felt around for the tissues. It's right there under my compact. That's just the that's just the little mirror, she, the secretary said helpfully. The mirror in question was hinged and would, and would Max Ernest recognized immediately, make a perfect spy tool. He closed his right hand around the mirror while at the same time picking up the tissue paper of tissues on his left. Every once in a while when he was doing a magic trick or he engaged was engaged in a spy operation, the experience of having two to do two things simultaneously for his parents so many different times came around handy. With any luck, the secretary wouldn't notice the compact was gone, and he could slip back into into her purse when he went to the office later. It's just borrowing, he heard Cass's voice conveniently reassuring him, not stealing, and besides, this was a woman who pulled a prank on him for no reason the first day he met. The secretary smirked delicately, pulling a tissue from the package without letting her nails touch anything. Thank you, Max Ernest, and tie your shoelace, please. Gee, who is this? Honestly, get a life. Max Ernest nodded in acknowledgement, then headed in the direction of his class, not bothering to fix his shoelace when he was satisfied with the secretary, as the secretary would be safely behind the desk. He... Wait, he what? Hold on. Um, he reversed his course and crept up backwards to the administration building, sliding up to the building, and he kept as much on himself as hidden as possible, and he held out the compact movement to the mirror around until he could see the Benjamin and Amber. They were still in deep conversation. The last time he'd seen them together had been when Amber told Max Ernest his fortune. That had seemed that, they, that they'd remembered each other, but looking... But looking at them now, Max Ernest had the sense that they knew each other very well after all. It was just enough of an echo reverberating between the stucco and the walls that Max could hear whispering. You were trying to look into her mind, right? Amber was asking, why didn't they want you to find? What? Why? What did they not want you to find? Benjamin shrugged. It doesn't matter because I couldn't find it. Come on, they'll never tell me anything. Come on, Amber complained. Well then, well then, why do you think I could tell you? Please, why do you want to know so badly? Because I hate not knowing a secret. Then you're very close. What does that mean? Okay, nothing. Benjamin uh, smugly. Benjamin smug said Benjamin smugly. Ugh, I hate you, cried Amber. After that whole fortune-telling thing, nobody likes me anymore. I totally ruined my reputation for this. I at least should have been... I should at least get to look into the monocle. Amber reached for the monocle, but Benjamin, Benjamin turned away, preventing her from taking it. I'm not allowed. So what, like Dr. L ever, is ever going to know? Something tells me he'll know, especially when he gets the monocle back. Please, please. Why Why do you want to see it so badly? So I can see what's in your mind and know what you're, what you're looking for in Cass's. Why do you think? The monocle all along was the monocle. It, the monocle. It was the monocle all along. Max Ernest thought excitedly. He assumed that Benjamin, Benjamin's telep, 
telepathic power was internal, but it was Benjamin's own unique talent at work that was Benjamin alone yep, could see into Cass's mind. But if his power resided in the monocle, then anybody could be a mind reader. Anybody who got a hold of that monocle, that is. Even him. While Max Ernest was speculating about how the monocle to get the monocle out of Benjamin's hands, Amber lunged for it. In less than a second, she was holding it up to her eye. Resigned, Benjamin folded his arms and locked at her and looked at her. Well, what do you see? Nothing. It looks looks like looking through plain old glass. If you're tricking me, I'll be so mad. No, wait. I see everybody. Everybody's in school. The teachers, the students, everybody. How cool is that? It's like I can see through walls. Wow. With this thing, I can control the whole school. I mean, not that I don't already. Silently, Amber's grin turned into a frown. Why is Veronica talking to Naomi? I didn't say she could. I hate Naomi. And not not that I'm a hater. I'm not. Well, never mind about Veronica. Amber pointed in Max Ernest's direction. I think there's somebody behind the corner spying on us. She said, lowering her voice but still audible to Max Ernest. Who? I can't see his face. Give me the monocle back. No, never. You have to. They wrestled and Benjamin straightened out to keep the monocle away from Amber until it fell to the ground, skidding in Max Ernest's direction. Without thought of consequence, he seized his chance and scrambled to get it. To get it. Benjamin and Amber stopped fighting when they saw him. Max Ernest, old chum, thank goodness it's you. Somebody... I can reason with, said Benjamin. The monocle is very valuable to me for for purely sentimental reasons. You understand that. It wouldn't mean anything to anybody else. I appreciate your picking it up for me. Very kind of you. Um, you're welcome, said Max Ernest, clutching tight to the monocle. Wonderful. Can you give it back to me now? And Benjamin, in the tone, wonderful. Can you give it back to me now, said Benjamin, in a tone one uses to a little child. Max Ernest took a step backwards. No, I think I'll keep it for the moment because, because he stammered, unable to think of a reason that would give it away that he knew about Benjamin and the monocle. Forget him, Max Ernest, said Amber in her sweetest, most insulting voice. Give it to me. I'll be your friend for real. When are you going to get it through your head that I don't want to be your friend, asked Max Ernest. He wanted to run, but he hesitated. If he ran towards the exit, there was a very good chance Opal, the secretary, would see him through the office window. Just give it to me. It's mine, said Benjamin. This isn't time for games. He has to go to class. Yeah. Sorry. Both Benjamin and Amber reached for the monocle at the same time, trying to evade him. Max Ernest stepped on his shoelace and fell backwards, and he wound up on the ground, still holding the monocle tight. I'll take that, said Opal, stepping up to them. Apparently... She hadn't gone back to the office after all. Before Max Ernest could think to resist, she took the monocle out of his hand and stowed it away in her big, shiny purse. The principal will deal with you two later, she said, Opal addressing Benjamin and Amber. She offered Max Ernest her hand and pulled him up surprisingly, surprising, with surprising strength. You are going to the nurse's office right now. That's going to be a nasty bruise on your elbow. The nurse's office was empty. The blinds were closed. The computer screen was dark. It looked as though nobody had been there all day. I wonder if Opal's Owen. (laughs) 
You sit there, said Opal, patting the patting the pillow on her on a single cot in the room. Max Ernest noticed her fingernails glazed in the sheets without smearing. Funny, he thought. She said they took forever to dry. It was then that he realized what looked different about her today. Her mole. He could have sworn it was on when they first met. It was on her right cheek. The right side of her face being the side you saw when you walked into the administration office. And yet the mole was on her left cheek. I'm going to see if I can, if I can't scar that up. I'm going to see if I can't scare up that nurse. I must say, I didn't take you for a wrestling type. Cass dropping, oh, casually dropping her purse on the nurse's desk. Ophel gave it a shake, gave a shake to her old mass of blonde curls and walked out of the room on her ver- vertinulously high platform heels. Oh, good. Her purse is in there with Max Ernest, and he should grab it out. Not quite believing his luck, Max Ernest waited until the secretary door closed. Then as quickly as he could, he opened her purse, removed the monocle, and left her compact in its place. As soon as he sat back down on the cot, Opal breezed back into the room. Silly me. I forgot the nurse is out for the day. Sick. Wouldn't you guess it? Guess I'll just, you'll just have to muscle through it. Um, shouldn't I at least put ice on my elbow or something? Asked Max Ernest ever since the secret. The secretary mentioned his likelihood of his elbow bruising. He'd been imagining the worst. I think I could have a fracture or maybe a sprain. You know, they said, say sprain's worse than a break. Opal waved her hands. Oh, you'll be fine, she said, seeming to forget that she was the one who brought him in the office in the first place. Can you not be such a hypochondriac for once, Max Ernest? It's totally Owen. As Opal shooed him out, Max Ernest tried to follow her suggestions. He had more important things to do with his elbow. After all, hopefully, now that he had the monocle in his possession, he would be able to see what Benjamin had almost seen and to cast his mind, and hopefully he would be able to bring her back home. And yet, even as he was opening the locker, gathering his things to take to the hospital, he couldn't help wondering, who told the secretary about the hypo- his hypochondria? It was most definitely odd. A woman he barely knew knew him so well. Almost as odd as the mole moving from her right cheek to her left. Was it possible that the Midnight Sun had another spy or a mole in his school? She certainly seemed more than capable of putting a kick-me sign on his back. It's got to be Owen. Don't you think? Here, let's see if her body in the very beginning of the chapter is a picture of her. You can't tell, but he's really good at, um, he's really, really good at disguises, remember? Oh, it's Owen. Don't you think? Well, I don't know. I know. I do. I think it's him. Okay. Let's do it.